You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Winky Wednesday episode. Nick Winkler will be joining me in one second. I do want to remind everybody to subscribe, rate, review. Thanks to everybody who has reviewed on iTunes. We've got amazing five-star reviews, so shout out to all of you. We haven't read any reviews in a while. We should probably start doing that sometime soon, but there's too many mailbag questions to get to, so uh, we got to really dive into that, and uh, it's a big offseason for the 49ers, so a lot of 49ers fans are, are sort of wringing their hands about this offseason and, and uh, a lot of rumors out there. We've got a new coach in the NFC West. So, um, And if anybody does want to get involved with any mailbags here, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at BDPeacock. You can email the show LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Those are the best ways to get involved with these mailbags. And now let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Nicholas, how are you, sir? Brian, I am good. You know, it's the off season, but still a lot happening, man. And, you know, all this Antonio Brown gossip you're hearing from Jerry Rice, you know, Tony Dungy chiming in. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's fun going on. There was some great playoff games over the weekend, too. So, yeah, it's off season, but, you know, still feels odd. You know, I think I don't know if it's because GMs are getting younger or because they can text each other, similar to how George Kittle can shout out to Antonio Brown on Twitter and they have an yeah and have that exchange I think it makes things easier for GMs to make deals and I think maybe just the younger generation is more willing to make big splashes and I think you know players are obviously a little bit more keen on leveraging their situations and and I think a lot of GMs get angry about that it's like okay you don't get to decide like you're under contract so you can't go like so it's just there's so many variables these days in the NFL and it's so public it's it's wild man and that's what it is it's so public it's like we keep we can hear from anyone anytime thanks to social media you know and it's like everyone does have an opinion on this sort of thing and when when Jerry Rice speaks I listen you know I just I want to hear what he's got to say he says go do it so what why would she not and I mean, we could talk about the Tony Dungy thing, too. He's chiming in saying, I'll oh, be careful, you know, blah, blah. But again, I, I mentioned this last week. Like, it, it just can't get worse, right? I mean, you, you have a losing franchise that's been losing for a few years now in a row. You had, you know, a couple great years under Harbaugh, but mixed in over the last, you know, 15, 16 years, it, it's not been a whole lot of bright spots. And this is one of the top receivers in the NFL. And, yeah, it's going to cost you a little bit. And then, you know, it comes with some some – little something scary, but at the same time, it's like, you got to make this move if you can. You know, and I think about it because everything's so public. Like, you know, pe- football pr- players have been insane for a long time. Like, a imagine, long, the, long time. imagine the stuff that's not public from yeah. a coked up Lawrence Taylor in 1986. <laughs> you know, exactly where I went to. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine the stories there that we'll never hear that if he had Twitter or if he had a public way to, you know. If TMZ out. was following him around. Exactly. So yeah. let's not pretend that this is a new thing from the player's side. But right. it's it's definitely a fair argument. And I think John Lynch is kind of old school in that way. And the whole protect the team thing. Talked about that with Matt Barrows on yesterday's program. You have to have pause. You have to at least stop and think, okay, look, this guy literally did kind of quit on his team 
in week 17 when you're trying to make the playoffs. Though That's the goal, is to get into the playoffs and have a winning team. You talked about a team losing for so long. Well, if you have a guy who doesn't care at all about winning, he's caring about himself and whatever. I mean, because Lawrence Taylor, we joked about him, but he was there on game day, and he was crushing right. other teams' quarterbacks. So it's worth pausing and being like, okay, hold on. What's it going to cost? What's the right. value of bringing this great player in? Because his talent is not the question at all. Is he going to start to decline? He's hitting that 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 point in, in NFL wide receivers' career where they do start to decline a little bit. You know, you're maybe going to get two, three years out of them. Is that worth it? And then there's this thing. It's like maybe, and I don't know if you would be able to talk to him first, or you know, you've got to at least do some background work and talk to some people around him and figure out. Okay, is this guy like a problem? Problem, or was just this one weird incident? Yeah, and you know, you mentioned protecting the team, but at the same time, like we're going into year three of Lynch and Shanahan, and they they got to protect their jobs. True, and, you know. So this is one of those moves where it's like, yeah, it is risky, but you've lost the last two years, you know, like you lose again. Okay. You know, you, you might probably would have done the same thing without, and you know, the chance of getting possibly the best wide receiver in the NFL. I, I don't I just, I feel like you, you got to take the the chance if you're those guys and you just gotta, you, you flip a coin and you hope that it comes up heads. It, it, it is scary, man. It's, it's, it's definitely risky, but with risk comes great reward. I think that's key because the 49ers front office has no choice, but to be right more aggressive this offseason they have to and they, they have to spend win. their money too don't don't save it for the next guy that's coming in right they have to win early next year so yeah and and also the other side of that is maybe you're getting a fantastic deal on antonio brown sure you know if he behaves well if he basically if he's the guy he was his entire career until week 17 of 2018 and you don't have to give up like major draft picks to get him and only yeah. uh, maybe people are talking about maybe just a, like if the 49ers second rounder is enough and you're paying a nice bit of salary for him, like that could be a massive win for the 49ers talent wise. You know, you, that's and so the uh, price, I think, is a big part of it, too. Yeah, he, he changes the defense. You know, that's they go into a meeting, but leading into, you know, playing a team that has Antonio Brown. It's like, OK, where is Antonio Brown? We got to stop Antonio Brown. And with a. Uh, a 49ers team that has pretty solid run offense right now, like that's going to open that up even more. Like it just, I don't know. I just, I, I keep seeing the the upside and it's just, it's pushing the downside so far away that it's almost not visible to me. And the 49ers, which is, which is silly. The 49ers have been interested in a lot of people trade wise. They've been right. sort of the second team in a lot of these situations. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, so, so hopefully they're not the second team again. We'll see if they become the first team in this situation, but there's no doubt that they'll be, there's a there's going to be a phone call if there hasn't already about that. Oh, I'm sure they've been in talks, no yeah. doubt. Looking at all the emails and tweets I'm getting here uh, for the mailbag, it's almost as if the show's getting too popular. All right, well, calm down, people. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's awesome. Uh, has seeing all these listeners and uh, getting all of these mailbag questions. And uh, apologies to the ones we are not going to be able to get to, but I'll, I'm going to keep doing a lot of them, especially this off season, because there's going to be less news to cover and more uh, ideas and more scenarios to wrap our heads around here uh, but before we get going further here i do want to remind everybody and nick i know you like to have some extra skin in the game the nfl playoffs are here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your friends and relatives sit around rooting for the games not this year when a big super bowl 53 is right around the corner it's really the most wonderful time of the year 
Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during bull season, you got to go to MyBookie. Join now and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for bull season. Use promo code LOCKEDON when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie where you play, you win, you get paid. Uh, Let's start with some mailbag, huh? Love it. Uh, I want to go to Eric via email who before, did you see the national championship game by the way? I caught a little bit of it, okay. yeah, until it started getting out of hand. So before this is before the game, got an email from Eric. He said, hey, Brian, uh, and if you're reading this on Wednesday, what's up, Winkler? I like the people who shout out Wink. Some people just Seriously. want to be involved in, they don't want to hear my solo mailbag answers. They want both of us. You want to make, yeah, you want to make the show. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned so, Wink. Uh, he said, have any of you seen any footage of Clemson's Justin Ross, 6'4", 210, wide receiver, Possible fourth or sixth round, question mark, question mark. What are your thoughts? So, And he sent this before the game. And uh, I have not watched a lot of Justin Ross. He had a huge game, but he's a freshman. So if you're talking 2021, then then we're in. But, like, I haven't watched. I'm not going to spend time watching these guys who aren't going to be draft eligible because I'm just too busy and there's too many other players to watch. But Justin Ross, just like quarterback Trevor Lawrence, uh, you're talking about 2021. And at that point, you're talking about a lot more expensive than a fourth or sixth rounder. So I think maybe Eric was watching Justin Ross. And he's like, why is nobody talking about this 6'4", 210 stud of a wide receiver? Maybe he's a late round steal. It's like, no, it's because he's a freshman. He's not going to be eligible yeah. for a while. Just wait till next year. Yeah. After another season of playing in that offense, he's going to be a first rounder probably. Right. Yeah, exactly. By the way, so we didn't talk about this yet, but Cliff Kingsbury, did you see the latest news? We're, we're recording this on Tuesday. It has gone official. Cliff's Kingsbury, former Texas Tech coach, current offensive coordinator at USC for, what, a couple months, is now the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that's uh, I like the move, though. You know, you've got a young quarterback. you, you kind of got a young team there, and why not just bring in a young coach? And, you know, it, it worked really well for Seattle. You know, and the 49ers did it with Harbaugh, and it looked like it was going in the right direction. And, yeah, I like the, the bringing the college guy in and, and starting him fresh. I, I'm into that. It's it's something they needed to do, and I think from a sort of a big picture standpoint, I've seen a lot of people compare it to when the Rams went from Jeff Fisher to <laughs> you know the to polar opposite. Yeah, to make yeah, it's like it can't be more different, and that's kind of right. what's going on right now with Arizona. I'm sure they're like, okay, we we want the exact opposite of what we have right now, and but here's the thing: is like Pete Carroll and. Jim Harbaugh, they had a lot more success in college as being the CEO of a team, being the head coach. That's a good point. And Cliff Kingsbury did not have a winning record in the Big 12. Uh, let's see. Here's actually here's a good tweet from Thor Nystrom on on Twitter. If you want to uh, if you want to hate on this for the Arizona Cardinals, here's why. This is from Thor. I thought it was kind of funny. Kingsbury went 16 and 21 with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback in the Big 12. <laughs> <laughs> he chose Davis Webb over Baker Mayfield. That's when Baker Mayfield transferred to Oklahoma from Texas Tech. He had wow. Davis Webb, Baker Mayfield, and Patrick Mahomes on the same team for a while as the three quarterbacks. So he wow. he recognizes did, did, those yeah, talents. Did he bring and, those guys in? <laughs> uh, he did not bring Baker, I don't think. I think he might okay. have inherited him, which is maybe why he wanted to bring in his own guys and sure, play them over sure. Baker. 
His only eight-win season in six years was with Tuberville's recruits. So it goes back to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, and, and then he adds to it, he says, NFL fans, don't be sheep. The Ryan Gosling thing wears off after enough losses. Ask Tech, his alma mater, which fired him. So okay. That's, the, <laughs> that's Thor. I don't know if Thor is an angry Texas Tech alum, too, and maybe that's why. But Sounds like a good take, to Thor. <laughs> yeah, strong. I like it. That's the, that's the hater's take of Cliff Kingsbury. But right. uh, the upside is you have someone who's in this century offensively that uh, might wake up a young quarterback, and he knows how to work with good quarterbacks, has worked with good quarterbacks in the past. Uh, it's interesting, though, that he goes from being fired, and he's an offensive coordinator, to a head coach. So he couldn't get a head coach job in college. He got a head coach job in the NFL. That's that. That is kind of wild. He must interview really well. He cleans up nice. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. After hearing all that, why would they do that? I mean, he must he honestly? They must be like, okay, here's what I can do. You know, with with Rosen, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, that had to be the presentation. He's like, look, yeah, can like, do this all is what I things. can do. Watch, watch what I do with this young guy that we invested this draft pick in. Right. So uh, kind of like with Kyle Shanahan, a lot of the keys is going to be how he surrounds himself, who's coaching the defense and things like that. And um, he's been a head coach before. So I'm sure the CEO part of things, he's been able mm-hmm. to sell them on that he can do. Um, and in other news, the Packers have decided on another young offensive minded coach in Matt LaFleur, who was one of the assistants behind Kyle Shanahan and an assistant behind Sean McVay in the past. Like it seems like every every head coach is getting signed has some sort of attachment to the hot young coaches currently in the league and, and part of that whole tree, which d- basically goes back to Bill Walsh. <laughs> like yeah. every, everybody goes back Always to Bill Walsh. Always bring it back or, to Walsh. Yeah, exactly. Well, Perth. it sounds like the Broncos might you know are, are narrowing it down. They might even go after Vic Fangio. Like, yes. let's keep it in the 49er family. I've seen that. Vic Fangio, which uh, he deserves his shot, man. Sure. Why not? He should have been him. A hell of a coach. You know, the, I don't, that's still a crazy situation. And, I, and it's funny because the 49ers wanted Tom Sula so much. And they asked Vic, like, Vic Fangio could have been head coach of the 49ers if he would have, you, this is the way I understand it, if he would have used Tom Sula as his defensive coordinator. But he wow. didn't want to be. He didn't want it to be dictated who the defensive coordinator would be, and so they just gave it to Tom Sula instead. That's the way I understand Damn. it. Which is kind how many of millions of dollars did he miss out on? Right, and but also, I don't think it would have ended any better because the roster was no. falling apart. That was the big problem no. there. <laughs> and maybe he saw that too, and was like, "No, I'm going to bring in my own guys. I'm not going <laughs> to do your thing." And okay, I'm gone. Okay, peace. But anyway, let's not uh, let's not dwell on that dark history of the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> right how do we get there yeah, it sounds right. like something mark would have done to it right yeah exactly mark's not running the show here today he's not involved in this uh mailbag let's see let's go to kevin on twitter he says what do you think about chase winovich from michigan playing sam backer for us you know what? i'm gonna skip that one because we've got plenty of time to get into each individual prod i get that's a lot more of, of a, that's more of a solo question yeah, I'll for do you that solo and like i get a lot of those where it's just like hey here's one single prospect and it's like we're gonna yeah. get into all these prospects eventually i know everybody has their favorite prospects but um let's let's oh here we go he calls it wonky wednesday i don't know if he did that on purpose this is an email from aaron uh i don't know if he, the wonky wednesday was a we, typo or on purpose but we get a little wonky sometimes it, it fits i think yeah since everyone keeps talking about the 49ers trading down for a quarterback needy team, isn't it more likely that the Cardinals would uh, do so with the Niners? They have more holes on their roster than Nick Bosa can uh, can fall to the Niners. 
thanks for all your work on the pod. No, I think the I think that's key, and I talked about that before on the podcast. Is that if a team is willing to move up to say pick number two overall, then what's the difference in price to go to number one and the Cardinals might be just as motivated as the 49ers to move down could be the same exact price. So why would you go up to two when you could go up to one, unless the Cardinals just don't want to trade. If you're, if you're that motivated to go up from say six or seven or 10 or whichever team is moving up to get a quarterback. Right. So, but either way, Dwayne Haskins is such a huge key for the 49ers yeah. draft right now, because that's, it just, it, it just adds more value to the number two pick. Yeah, yeah, and if nothing else, it adds value to the number one pick, and then all of a sudden he's there, and then, you know, Bosa's sitting there at two, you know? Exactly, exactly. So uh, it's just as likely, I think, that Arizona would trade than the 49ers, and maybe more likely because there's one quarterback, and a team's not going to trade up to two next week and then just sit around and wait for a team to go up to number one and grab the guy they were going to take. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there might be a team ready to jump to number two once that number one overall pick goes off the board. So like, oh, our guy's still there. Like, here's our ransom. You know, take it, please. We want that number two pick. And then, yeah, as the 49ers, I, I think if you can get something ridiculous back in return for that number two pick, I think you got to take it. Right. Like yeah. you said, a lot of holes, man. A lot of holes. And that's a huge, like, you're talking about, you know, two first round picks, a third round pick. Yeah. Depending on what the offer is, like, you could, everything's for sale. Amen. Like a team. DeForest Buckner, one of the best players on the 49ers right now, a team can come calling and they're like, hey, here's, here's like, two first round picks. <laughs> yeah, here's like everything on the world. You can't say no. And that's right. so th- there's really nothing that you could say no to because it depends on who's motivated, who's willing to do something like sometimes crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm down to listen to some crazy trade offers, man. So speaking of the national championship game, oh, let's go to Shano. I think it's not Shano actually. Uh, I, I think I've done this before, and he corrected me, and now I can't remember how to properly pronounce the name. Uh, should the 49ers staff be more concerned with overall conditions of the field? Who decides the extra venues? Uh, what do other teams with grass do in these situations of concerns? And uh, concerts and monster trucks. Okay, so Shano's <laughs> talking about the field conditions that have a part to do with the injuries and. Um, I think he was talking a little bit about the uh, national championship game too, because I think t- college teams, they're like, we can't have the national championship game here unless the field's on point. And so they, and the 49, I don't know how many times since Levi's stadium has been around that they've completely changed and put, resotted the field. Like it, it happened. Oh, it's th- gotta be 20 times. Yeah. It happened a bunch of times right away. Cause it wasn't taking or whatever. Right. And they tried different grass and they tried yeah, your one was things. a joke. It's, it's a good question. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt on the turf in Kansas City, and I've heard things about the Kansas City turf being not great before, and it can't be ideal to have like grass that's not deeply rooted. Like I don't know, man. Like I, I'm, I'm. We've talked about this before too. Is like I'm not a groundskeeper, so I have no idea, and I'm not a personal <laughs> trainer. But 49ers players got hurt on their own turf. They got hurt on the practice field. They got hurt on the home turf. They got hurt in stadiums across the country. So there's no correlation between one field and that's where everyone got hurt. So, yeah, I mean, you could get hurt walking down the street. You get hurt picking up a pizza and driving home, you know, like we could, you get hurt doing anything. And I'm not sure that, that, the, the yeah, the 49ers turf has anything to do with it. True story. I got hurt. I pulled my hamstring three days ago in my sleep. 
Nice. Yeah, that's a new one for me. I woke up and I thought that I had pulled my hamstring off of my bone. That's how. Oh man, that's brutal. <laughs> I have no idea how that happened. I think that it's sort of a situation where I'm too cramped up in my bed these days because baby boy fusses in the middle of the night and he's in our room and it's like you're annoying. Yeah. Come sleep between us and then that way we can give him his binky easier and he's quieter. And so that's less. And you're room. terrified of like rolling over on that baby, so you well, yeah. sleep super stiff. Exactly. Yeah. So less room I for know dad, that and I'm just, I have like two inches on the side of the bed, right. and then the cat decides to come and sleep in the crook of my legs, which I can't, so I can move even less. So I think it's just not moving for six hours straight is possibly, I don't know if, uh, again, I'm not a person. And you're a tall guy, too, so that's rough, man. Yeah, it's already rough. Like, the bed's not quite big enough anyways. I need one of those California Kings, man. Man, go get one of those shack beds. Is there a shack bed? Brand oh, that'd man. be amazing. Yeah, where it's like two kings, <laughs> lengthwise, special custom sheets. Let's see. Let's go to Cronzy on Twitter. He said the Niners probably looking for help at cornerback. What are your views on potential free agents? Saw Pierre Desir locking down D Hop on Saturday. Uh, could he be an option? Believe he's only a one year deal with the Colts. Six one one ninety eight four five two. 28 years old. So, uh, Cronzy looking at the, the free agent market at cornerback. I don't know. How do you feel about the cornerback situation for the 49ers, Nick? Do you think that's something they need to spend a bunch of money on, or do you want to develop yeah, the third-rounders that the 49ers have? Yeah, just a couple weeks ago, we talked about what I thought their biggest glaring need was, and that was actually it. I thought they needed to get somebody to go opposite Richard Sherman. I, I really love what he's doing there, and I like the young guys, and I like developing the young guys. But as we saw all year long, they were just getting beat. You know, no one was going after Richard Sherman, because they're like, oh, we'll just pick on the other side. You know, there's nothing going on over here. And if you can go out and spend some money and get two solid cornerbacks and lock it down, it just changes the game. Pierre Desir is a guy that we had talked about last offseason, too, because I think he did sign that one-year contract. Yeah, he was available. That's right. Size-wise, he's a fit. 49ers weren't interested. I don't know if they're going to be interested now or if the Colts, now that they've seen him for a year, right. uh, they want to pay him and keep him around. Uh, he might get paid, though. That's the thing. I, I don't he, know. Yeah, he might get paid. And here's it's tough because it's similar to the wide receiver position, I think, for the 49ers right now because it's like you have guys, you have young players, you don't want to stunt their growth. You don't want to. You don't want to spend money on a player when you could have that already covered on the roster sure. that you already have. So, how much of an upgrade are you are you getting? So it's like if you can't find that difference making player that's like a complete stud. So at wide receiver, it's like if Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown are off the table, why would you bring in a middling player just to take snaps from? Marquise Goodwin and yeah, yeah, and Dante Pettis and Richie James and all these guys. So it's like go aim for the top of the market. Be greedy. I think that's the way it should yeah. be with corner and wide receiver. Draft a player in the second or third round and hope that you have a player better than one of these guys that you'd be spending draft picks on in trade or you know that didn't work out for another team just because they're tall and they've been in the NFL isn't you know like. I don't want to retread, basically. It's like, I want, especially a wide receiver, give me give me Antonio Brown, give me Odell Beckham, <laughs> or give me a draft pick that could potentially be Antonio Brown, right? Because right. I already know about this wide receiver who disappointed somewhere else. I don't want to, you know, we don't need that with the right. 49ers. That's the way I would look at it. So uh, I would be dreaming big, especially at wide receiver. At corner, 
I can see the argument for a short term. So if like someone like Pierre Desir is able to do another one year deal, yeah, bring him in and, and compete with the young guys because maybe right. Tarverius Moore is going to be that starting corner and he's got all the physical tools. Maybe a Keller Witherspoon takes that final step he needs to be a starting long term corner in the NFL. But um, as far as signing a corner for five years who's just a pretty good starter, I don't think. Yeah, you know, you know who that is? That's Nate Clement. I mean, I feel like we did that once, and it didn't really work out that well. You know, it worked. It, 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 he was all right. He was good. Yeah, but he got paid a lot too. I remember back in a the day. Lot. I think they had to overpay him because, like, hey, the 49ers are terrible. You want to come play? He's like, no. Nah. They'll probably have to do that again, <laughs> right? I mean, right. They they're have, not good. And there's not a lot of amazing corners on the market, so you're taking snaps away from a guy for a mediocre player. So, you right. Know, that's and that's not to say. Pierre Desir or whoever else isn't a good player. It's like I want a short-term guy that could compete, but that if a if Tarverius Moore or Akello Witherspoon beats them out, then you're not like, oh man, we just wasted all of this money. Right. So, yeah, I can see that. I want competition. Cool. Uh, I'm always into competition. Yeah, competition is good. It just breeds more, and it's like ugh, iron good. sharpens iron. And there's so, there's just so many names out there, and that's one of the most common things I get on my timeline on Twitter and emails. It's like. How about this name? And it's just like, ah, you know. Hey, right after I said Iron Sharpens Iron, I, it, it made me laugh because it's like, these guys keep getting hurt. Like, maybe they need to stop using that term. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe that's the problem is it's too much iron. Too sharp, man. Yeah, they're just cutting each other up. Mm-hmm. It's a Winky Wednesday. More with Nick Winkler and the listener mailbag right after this. Here's a good one. Uh, this is a conversation from, uh, from Twitter, and it, it's based on the 49ers current roster makeup and the depth they have at sort of big end and three technique and the, the bigger defensive linemen and what it would look like if the 49ers drafted either Nick Bosa or Quinnen Williams, who's more of a defensive tackle, if that's the best player available at number two, and that's who they end up drafting. Um, and it was mentioned that the New York Jets might be shopping Leonard Williams, who again is another big body defensive end, which uh, to me, it's like, you can't even go down that route. You're trying to trade right. those guys currently. We've got Eric Armstead on the roster. So what do you do? What do you do internally? What do you do roster wise if you're the 49ers? Are you trying to trade Eric Armstead? Or I mean Solomon Thomas is the, the problem is Solomon Thomas, because Eric Armstead beat out Solomon Thomas. They play yeah, the, in my up. mind, they play the same position. So but you can't trade Solomon Thomas because he was the number three overall pick and they the contract wise, it just doesn't make sense yet. You know, in a couple of years you can, but Right. Maybe maybe even in one more year, it starts to make more sense. But right now, it'd just be like paying dead money to get rid of a player. And there's still upside there and potential to see him develop, just as Eric Armstead has. So do you are you shopping Eric Armstead right now? Are you just not worried about it, and you're going to draft the best player and made the best man win, and you want to keep as many good players as you can? How would you attack that position? Because at some point this offseason, there's going to be too many bodies on the defensive line, and you have to start getting rid of somebody. And I don't think... Salary wise, Ronald Blair is at the bottom of the list, but I, I wouldn't want to lose him. So to right. me, you got to maybe start shopping some of the other players, right? Yeah, I mean, there has to be there has to come a time where you're just not that concerned about the contracts, you know, where it's like, okay, it makes sense to keep this guy until it doesn't, you know, until he's just not worth the price, even if it's oh, okay, he's super cheap, but yeah, I mean, he's he's cheap, but he's not really performing. He keeps getting beat out. You know, but like right. you said, uh, Armstead really developed. I really liked what I saw this last year. You know, going in, I was always like, ah, guy can't stay healthy. He can't develop if he can't be on the field. And, he, you know, he did that a lot this season. And 
and, and he, you know, he looked pretty solid, but at the same time, I, I man, I'd, I'd have an issue going after another big bodied defensive lineman. I feel like there's so many of them and it just, Oh, I don't know. We, we just mentioned loving competition and loving having all these guys, but I feel like th- that's already there, you know? Right. And like why, why throw more guys on that pile? Yeah. Diminishing returns. If you just have sure. more players at the same position that are good, you have obvious needs at a position that's right next to that position. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's becoming pretty obvious that it's a lot easier to find interior yeah. players. That's right. another thing. So uh, it's nice to have good ones, but not everybody's Aaron Donald. And there's a level that's a couple of tiers behind, you know, like, DeForest Buckner's a tier behind Aaron Donald because, like, Donald and J.J. Watt are sort of that one tier. And then On their own yeah. island, yeah. And then after the tier after DeForest Buckner, there's a lot of players. And so right. that's a tier that's easy to find compared to the edge rushers and, and top corners and playmakers and quarterbacks and all those other things. So uh, there's definitely uh, positional scarcity that, that exists at some positions that interior defensive line that doesn't seem to be the case. So, and this report from, I can't remember, I think it was Schefter, um, oh no, Rich Kamini, I don't know, somebody somebody nationally that likes to break news, uh, Jets will consider potentially shopping defensive lineman Leonard Williams to see if they could bring in a second round pick or better. So, mm. uh, so like, they're part of the same draft, Eric Armstead, Leonard Williams are first round picks, they're on their fifth year option years, Williams will make $14.2 million in 2019 on that fifth year option, so if Leonard Williams, who's a, a better player and more valuable sure. than Eric Armstead, if he can get a second round pick around the league, I don't think the Leonard Williams thing is because 49ers would be interested in, in bringing him in, which is what the question was on Twitter, uh, to me, it's... The opposite. Does that set it's, the bar for Armstead's exactly. trade value? If if Leonard Williams can get a second round pick, then I'm like, okay, look, Eric Armstead had a good year. He finally stayed healthy, leveraged yeah. that into a trade. He's only making nine million dollars, so he's making five million dollars less than Leonard Williams, and we'll take, hey, we'll take a third rounder instead of a second sure. rounder. You know, that's what I'd be looking at if I was the 49ers. Eric Armstead, as good as he played, I think his his snaps are replaceable by Solomon Thomas. In the, in the short term, and hopefully Solomon Thomas becomes even better. But I think it's close enough, and Armstead was better. And you could even, you know, depending on who you bring in, you could even move DeForest. I mean, DeForest Buckner is your best three technique, which is what he's playing already for the 49ers. He's, our, he's also your best big end. So if you have somebody else who's a really good three tech, you could put DeForest Buckner at big end if you didn't have Eric Armstead and Solomon Thomas, whatever, wasn't good or well, right. or should be playing in a different position. Uh, so there's a lot of ways you could do that. So to me, it's if you're not shopping Eric Armstead, you're not doing your job. And the fact that he played good and he's played better and that it hurts a little more to trade him now than it did last year at this time means he's probably got more value. So Yeah, exactly. And you're going to be adding more defensive linemen and people in the front seven, and you're going to be adding more speed and more edge guys. So to me, Eric Armstead, if he's not traded this offseason, that means nobody wanted to trade for him. That's that's the way I look at it. As as much as I like Eric Armstead and he played good, but that's why he might have value. Well, I was just at this point, I, I'm into anything that's going to make this team better. You know, and like you, you mentioned earlier, we mentioned it last week. Like nobody's untradeable. <laughs> Nobody, everybody. There's a there's a value where everybody's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we can part with this person. It's mm-hmm. going to make us better overall. And yeah, if, if Armstead for a third rounder, that, that sounds good. You know, we got a lot of bodies in there, and you can bring in another one just like that. All right, well, next week we'll talk more about what we saw in the divisional round of playoffs. Nick, thank you so much for joining the show once again. My pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow right here on 
Locked on 49ers. See ya.